And for the Pope's next miracle, he's going to tell us what this movie is about. This is Gone with the Pope on Stinger Madness. Hello and welcome to Stinker Madness, the podcast about bad movies by bad movie lovers. I'm your host, Justin. With me, as always, are Sam and Jackie. Hello, Jackie. Hello. Hello. It's me, Jackie. The Pope. Sam, how are you? Pope and awesome. Pope and terrific. Oh. Pope awesome. Pope Pendus. Pope Pendus. Yeah. This movie is about the Pope. Uh, I don't think it is. I I don't I don't know. Let's hey. not even tell say what this movie's about. But this shit is fucking manners. It is ridiculous. There is as well. We won't be able to get away from it through the whole thing that he, despite barely having an idea of what the story he was trying to tell was, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. did have uh two different stories for two different movies. Indeed, tied around one character. Character. Let's uh let's start by talking about good old Duke Mitchell, the film's producer, director, writer, star. He's he whiz out out in this one. Uh, how Jackie? This is your first tour of uh, Gone with the Pope. What did you think of Duke Mitchell? His hair looked like a Brillo pad. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It was out of control. Yeah. I hated the halfway unzipped, unbuttoned shirts because he was a hairy dude, right? Sure, sure. He was a hairy guy. So he had to show off that chest hair. I get it. I do. It's 1976, you know. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that was his wardrobe, half open shirt. I think that's the wardrobe of the 70s is answers the question, which swinging dick, this swinging dick. Yeah. That's that's the wardrobe he's wearing right now. Mm. It exclaims, this swinging dick. Would you call Duke Mitchell a charismatic performer? No, and he's not handsome either. Yeah. Sure seems like he's uh, putting the vibe out there, though. Like, my character is... This, I, I'm a charmer and, you know, going to carry this film. And... So he's like 48, 50, something like that yeah, when he makes yeah, this? Yeah, uh-huh. Yeah, he's doing the I still got it thing. Right, absolutely. Yeah. And no self-respecting woman would date that guy, especially not the rich one that he that he puts in as his co-star lady friend. That might be a real-life situation. You yeah, I know. think you underestimate the power of booze and coke. Oh, yeah. Yeah. This guy, he had a lounge act, get, get everybody loose. Uh, I'm sure he was very successful with the ladies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A little bit, of, show a little bit of cash. Have one of those rotating beds in your room yeah. with a mirror on the ceiling and a, a black lady sitting on top of a panther art above it, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Plus the tried and true method of picking up women in the 70s by degrading them. Yeah, yeah. Slapping them on the ass, calling them toots, broads. Which is, in the movie, he's like just so demeaning to every woman. And he's then they're demeaning like, to every person. He's demeaning to every person, that Except is true. Except for the Jews. <laughs> Duke Mitchell, defender of Jews. I, if there was a Jew in the movie, I'm sure he'd say something bad to them. <laughs> yeah, probably. But there wasn't, and he's just really sore about the Holocaust. That's what it is. He's nice to everyone who isn't in the room with him. Yeah. He's just an asshole if you're there. Yeah, no, he's like, you say anything about Luke, I'll fucking kill you. I'll fucking rip your guts out. Then Luke walks in and goes, what do you want, fucking dipshit? Get the fuck out of here, Get the fuck out of here. piece of shit. You piece of shit. Throw you off of this boat. The mouth on that Duke Mitchell. Oh, my God. Oh, the fingernails on that Duke Mitchell. Holy shit, did you guys see those Yeah, they're long fingernails. Mm-hmm. Those are Coke fingernails. Hell, yeah, they were. He had a he had a pinky nail like you would not believe, yeah, people. That's, uh... When you watch this movie, you're going to know. That guy does some cocaine. <laughs> Forgive my uh, ignorance when it comes to the Coke, but uh, what's, the, uh, what's the long fingernails for? 
pick you, your nose. You pick the coke up with the pinky nail, and then you just snort uh, it right there. It's a spoon, rather than all of the rigmarole of razor blades and mirrors and whatnot. It's an evolutionary spoon. Yeah, gotcha. Mm-hmm. Now you see a guy who's got one long fingernail and it's his pinky. That is just like a red. It's a it's a flag that waves back and forth and says cocaine. Yep, man that, or woman. That mm-hmm. guy's having a okay. great time. Great time. Or he's bad shit fucking crazy and will cut you. With his pinky nail? Or just with a knife because I, you know, I coke people, cut people, right? I don't know. Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? Okay, so the film also, uh, let's, the the production elements of this thing, I want to, because some of the stuff we can't express on what a bonkers thing this movie is. For instance, the, like, this is Duke Mitchell's Godfather. This is Mario Puzo's Gone with the Wind. Like, it is (laughs) supposed to be a powerful film with him and uh, him walking around and all these shots of his life and montages of him. Like, let's care about this character type thing. You know, him and his wife's relationship. That's Uh, his girlfriend. Whatever. Okay. She was married to a video surveillance fortune uh, fortune heir, who knows? Yeah, and, and he's dead now. He's so. dead now, so she can bang Mitchell and, the, and give him everything he wants. The plot against him by the mob guys. They were the, never really against him. They just hired him. They're going to whack him. Well, they figured he was going to screw up on his own, and then he doesn't. Yeah, so now it's time to whack him. Yeah, he knows too much. Yeah, so. Which is nothing. Like, it's. I, I think that it's supposed to be like. Wow, man, the, the, it's tough being a criminal, you know, like you got there's good things about it. And then there's real bad things about it. Like uh, uh, you got to kiss your brother and say, you know, I knew it was you, Fredo, and then shoot him in the face type thing. You know, it's it's tough. It's tough being yeah. a criminal. And I don't get that impression from the story at all. No, this is grab ass the criminal. Yeah. Criminal grab ass the movie. Mm-hmm. Well, I, he's a cheap criminal, too. He's cheap. Yeah. I mean, he's he killed seven people for one hundred thousand hey, dollars. He just got out of the pen, man. You know, he's got to. Yeah, Earn his cred back. He's yeah. he's cheap. He's he, like yeah. the Walmart discount mob killing guy. Sure. Okay. So you know you get what you pay for. You took a chance. It didn't break on the first time you used it, but the second time yeah. is a little iffy. It's the twenty five cent chocolate pie. Yep. It's too hard on the outside, and when you finally bite through it, the chocolate squirts everywhere. Yep. You're like, you right I should have got the seventy five cent chocolate pie. This twenty five cent one sucks. This one leaves too big of a mess. Yeah. And so does Duke Mitchell of uh, bodies. In response to, there is a large uh, opinion on the internet that this film emulates The Godfather. If it does that, it does it quite poorly. Oh, absolutely quite poorly. I can see that he liked The Godfather. It isn't ripping The Godfather off verbatim in any way, shape, or form because of the events. and. there's really very few parallels here other than they are Italian. I just mean by the production design. Like, yeah. like man, this is really going to be a powerful one. This one is going to move people. Because it's not... There's relatively little violence in it. Uh, you know, there's a couple scenes uh, of, you know, guys getting blown away and stuff. But really, it's just duke mitchell's character wandering around earth yeah. like he's just making it up as he goes type type character actions and uh so i mean just the the idea that it's 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 a powerful statement as way as where i'm going how about the music jeffrey mitchell can fucking play the guitar yeah i like the music i thought it was cool it's great because it's probably i i think it's the strongest part of this film yes it, it really is you are there's points where you go, what the fuck is this Paul guy? Go, what What is he doing? And then he comes barging in and starts blowing some guys away. And you hear like this this band that's so, like a blend between Deep Purple and, and Emerson, Lake, Emerson and Lake and Palmer. And it's fucking badass shit. And you're like, 
yeah, get some, Paul. Fuck, I'm behind you. And then he jumps in the car and he's like, mm-hmm. But unbuttons another shirt and yeah. slams a beer and tosses it out the window and flips off the police as he drives off. And you're like, fuck yeah, Paul. And then two minutes later, you're like, God damn it, Paul. I hate you. I hate you. <laughs> you are the bastard. And then three minutes later, badass yeah. song. Yeah. Nah, 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 nah. And you're like, fuck yeah, Paul. Yeah, it, that last song that they played most of the way through Jackknife, I mm-hmm. think, was yeah, what it was called. Yeah. That's a pretty good track. Yeah, I'm no, these guys get could some airplay. have done something. Yeah, mm. I liked I liked the music a lot, and even the um the the score. The there's a lot of Jeffrey Mitchell just playing a single guitar and Duke Mitchell singing to it as well. Yeah, the uh, I noticed a lot of uh, Spanish guitar type style classical guitar being played. Uh, just you know. Like, uh, sort of like the Godfather type yeah. style music, and it and it still works. The, the music is just a really well scored film by yes. by far, and it does not match the shenanigans that are happening on screen to any degree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, some sometimes during this movie, I was just like, hmm. Okay, where is this going? Because yeah, you're so- not confused what's happening. You're just like. Where are they going with this? Yeah, like why? Okay, that scene was just in there. Like the dog scene. Yeah. The dog that obviously doesn't like him very much. Right, yeah. right. Hamlet, he, Hamlet he, the dog. Hamlet the dog. He wants to be in the movie more, but he can't really get Hamlet to hang around with him. <laughs> no. <laughs> Hamlet's like, fuck you, buddy. Fuck you, buddy. It's not Duke Mitchell's dog. Like, and if it is Duke <laughs> Mitchell's dog, that dog has ran away. Well, I think Hamlet's just a good judge of character. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's dive into this thing. The uh, the film starts out with a credit sequence where it's the reading of the Genesis creation story. An abridged version. An abridged version. And uh, ends basically with then on the seventh day, God created man and he fucked the whole thing up. And it's awesome. Like immediately you're like, oh shit, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, it had some really classy art going That's on the, behind uh, it. the Sistine Chapel. Yeah. It's like one of the classiest arts ever. Yeah. <laughs> Michelangelo, he was kind of a big deal. Hmm. He was also an Italian. And a Ninja Turtle. Yep. You don't get much more badass than that. Love that pizza. Uh, So then we cut to some mob guys sitting around a pool eating spaghetti, of course. Talking about some, uh, like, the essential problem that they have is unclear. Yeah, I'm not real sure why they need to take out these seven guys. I, I think they're casino owners? Something like that. And it's like, oh, we got to get out of the game, but we should whack these guys. Or are they wanting them to sell? I also got the impression that there was like a real estate deal going on, that the, the, these seven guys wouldn't let go of their casinos, so they got to whack them, and that's how they're going to get their hands on these casinos? I guess. That's I don't know. what I thought, that they were going to whack some people so that they could get the casinos. Hmm. I don't think it works Unclear. like that. Yeah, but uh, so they have to essentially hire a, a hitman to whack seven guys, and it all has to be at the same time. I'm also not real sure about that, or is that just Duke Mitchell's plan? That's to, like, his plan to not get. And this is not clearly stated in the movie, but if all of this, all seven of these guys are in business together, mm-hmm. and he had to do it by himself, they would be on to him when the first group gets killed. Ah. So the way to get away with it which they don't clearly state in the movie, but what I'm assuming is that the way to do this without getting caught immediately is to kill them all at once. Okay, okay. I can I can subscribe to that. And uh, so why don't they have very much money? Because the offer to Duke Mitchell to whack seven guys is $100,000. And he's got to split it 50-50. With... So it's cheap. It's a cheap deal. Why why does it have to be a cheap deal? Why can't they get like one of their primo whackers to I don't know. Do These this? guys just seem like dickheads to me. Hmm. I think that's the only way to explain 
explain the mafiosos at the beginning of the movie is that they've got some some problems but they don't really want to spend a lot of money and that's really all there is to that and they know a guy who's going to do it on the cheap okay all right and that he's a pro he'll be able to do it on the cheap and then he'll probably fucking get caught on his own well, he he's, he's gotten caught before gotten because caught he's before. he's in prison. And they're using him because he's getting out of prison, so he's gonna have heat on him already. He's got uh, three other buddies that are also in prison with him, and they're like family. They're he, they've stayed together throughout uh, the times and watched out for each other and looked at over each other's back. But now they're all in prison at the same time, and so Duke Mitchell's plan is to take this job. He's a little little wonky on it at first, like whether he should take the job or not. Uh, but he's gonna take take this money kill these guys and then be able to create a life that these four him and and, and these three other dudes can then uh you know have a little enjoyment yeah moving forward in life because they're bitter they're, they're, they're bitter. all you gotta get rid of the bitterness they're all stoved up with bitterness now which doesn't really ever get shown they all seem like they're having a pretty good time well, <laughs> Even they can't in prison. hold their booze and in the prison when he's there you see him he's like this almost he's painting himself as this almost benevolent character that he helps out everybody everybody knows paul if they got problems they're gonna go to paul mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and they're all sad to see paul go yeah paul's the guy and then he's like he paints himself as that picture in the movie too all the way through that paul's the guy unless you're a woman uh, yeah, it's not or good. have any level of non-italian ethnicity towards you mm -hmm, mm -hmm. then you can go fuck yourself Sam, he would have taken care of you. Maybe. I'm, I'm a half I'm a half braid, so he might not have liked me that much. He would have been a dick to me, but he would have been like, here's a fiver mm -hmm. when no one's looking. Get yourself a haircut. Yeah, exactly. Or here, buy yourself some food yeah. or <laughs> whatever it is you poor people do, because he's just going to assume that you're poor because you're not 100% Italian. 100% Italian, yeah. yeah. So... I will say that being half Italian is enough to know how racist Italians were of that generation. My grandma and all her brothers, it is it was difficult at times. I have, they, I have heard that from several uh, people. There is the 70s and the 80s, really probably the 60s and the 70s more than that, but that generation of adults... That's the full backlash of all of the racism against the Italians mm -hmm. had come 180 and they fucking hated everybody. So a little side story. I recently read this book called uh, American Desperado. That's about uh, essentially the leader, the highest of the cocaine cowboys. Uh, can't remember his name, but uh, really interesting guy wrote this book and... Uh, he said that back when he was working in New York for the mob, you know, his, his cousins and uncles and, and uh, their, all that sort of stuff, that they could have taken over a ton of shit and been three times the empire that the mafia was in the 70s if they just weren't so fucking racist. They yeah. wouldn't work with people no, they won't. that were like, we look at this plan, we're going to triple your income and they're like, no, fuck you. No, fuck they, you. that's the thing is that they were alone in the beginning. You turned your back on us before the hell with you. They they experienced so much racism with the immigration that it really did ruin generations of Italians towards the rest of everybody else. Yeah. So he just, the, this guy just moved down to Florida. Well, he didn't just move down to Florida. He had some things making him. But he was like, I'm not above working with Cubans and uh, Colombians. So yeah. I'm going to get extremely rich. Yeah. Moving 
Coke. In most of that generation that's at this time, they didn't experience that shit at the turn of the century and the late 1800s mm-hmm. that they should be this. It's like a second, it's like a second generation, like ingrained bitterness from their parents that they shouldn't have. Right. But right. it fucking survived well into the 80s yeah. with a lot of Italian well, this people. Is, this film is, it is one of the most offensive racial, racist films I've ever seen. And I will attest that I've got relatives that will, that had said every fucking thing that he says in this movie. Sure. And worse. Yeah. All right. That was the very first time I'd ever heard that. I don't think we need to recount the things that he says. We really want to do some verb. Just because he said it doesn't mean we can say it. Can we edit that? Yeah. (laughs) Thanks. Uh, I might beep it, but uh, yeah, yeah. Man, what a dick. Uh, Anyways, we meet his wife, girlfriend thing, whatever she is. Uh, He tells her about this job, and she's like, I'm so glad to have you back, but, uh, you know, I'm worried about you getting. You're never going to get out, are you, Polly? here they're always gonna bring you right back in and she is arguably one of the worst actresses i've ever seen on screen she is reading uh her eyes are moving from left to right during her first long line and thereafter anytime she has more than one sentence she is reading mm-hmm. because she uh, she barely terrible. has any lines after this scene and she has it's to just read them. montages yeah. of them walking around and doing stuff but her her acting is seriously like i'll just read you some of my notes He's getting out of prison. Gonna pull one last score. Then a boat and his boys take on a trip. Paul visits his wife. She stinks. It's just... Lady, you can't even act while you're reading. What's amazing about her acting poorly is that she stands out in a room full of horrid acting. Oh, as the worst. Everyone besides Duke Mitchell is as rigid as a board. Yeah. And she is able to be exceptionally worse than that. She is crowned as the Pope of Stinking. Yes. She stinks. It's great though. It is fantastic. You almost you, you it's not funny because you're just scratching your head going is this possible to be this bad? Yeah, you are in awe because you've never seen anybody act so poorly in your life. She was there for the drugs. She was on the drugs. She might have paid to be in the movie. Who's to say? Yeah, I don't Who's know. Who's to say that wasn't her house? She wasn't a <laughs> Who's to say that Duke Mitchell wasn't really nailing her? Her husband wasn't really a dead guy mm-hmm. who invented sec- surve- uh, closed circuit surveillance. That all could have been real. Like because of how uh, Murawski describes how scattered the notes are and that everything was there. There's probably more truth than fiction in some of the scenarios here just because he didn't have time to make anything up. Right, right. Yeah, if somebody walked in right now and said, oh, that was his bang made, I would be like, oh, okay, I can see that. Like, yeah, he did the lounge act, didn't pay for anything. He'd been living with her for 10 years. I'd be like, okay, I buy that. Mm -hmm. So they go on a romantic walk throughout town and carve their names in a tree and the woods and the zoo, and it's very... You know, oh, you know, he's got a nice, good, solid home life. You know, this man really loves this woman. Yes. You know, mm, she's going to make the rest of his life okay if he so chooses, which is something we'll need to be remembering for when I explain what happens in this film. He's just got to pull this one last job. Otherwise, they're going to kill him. He doesn't have a choice. He just really wants to be with this this woman that he loves. Yeah. And it's so. So you don't hate Duke Mitchell at this point. Not yet. (laughs) 
But so there's two groups of these guys, as we mentioned. There's uh, four in L.A. and three in Vegas. So he can't do the job by himself. He's got to whack them all at once. So he hires uh, this buddy he knows. His name Giorgio. Giorgio works in Las Vegas. So he's got to go find Giorgio. Like, I got to tell him about this job. I, I don't know where he's at. I'm just going <laughs> to go to Vegas. And wander around until I find Giorgio. find Giorgio. And it takes about four hours. Yeah, he has to ask the lady, like, uh, have you seen Giorgio Louise, the 21 dealer? Yeah, I've seen him. He's in town someplace. All right, I'll look for him. Who's to say in 1976 you couldn't just wander around the strip until you found somebody? I'm right? sure you could still wander around the strip until you could find somebody. It, the odds of it happening are quite low. Okay. Even back then. You got you got the Sahara. You got the Sands. The Sands. You got the Palms. The you dunes. got uh, the, the Golden Nugget. You got... Uh, there was big casinos even back then. They, sure, there wasn't the Caesars Palace and the... The, uh, but they show John the Caesar's Wynn Palace. Stuff. In this yeah, movie. Oh, I guess there was Caesar Palace. Uh, there wasn't the Wynn stuff. Uh, what's that guy's first name? I don't know. Uh, the rich guy. Uh, the freaking pyramid and the New York, New York. None of that stuff. Was Camelot, yeah, and whatever yeah, yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. What is that shit? Luxor. Yeah. The Luxor. What's the what's the fucking Camelot? Camelot shit? Is that called Camelot? Camelot. Yeah, that does, that thing's ridiculous. It's that's only a the model. Ex, that's the Excalibur. Excalibur. Oh, okay, there we right, go. Yeah. yeah. I don't want to go back to Camelot. It is a silly place. It is a silly place. So what is his name again? The, the Giorgio. Guy, Giorgio. Giorgio's like, I didn't want anybody to see me like this. I'm a mess. And then it shows a shot of him. You're like, well, you don't look good, but you look, I mean, what's the problem? You look like a not handsome guy, yeah, but yeah, what's, I mean, what's the problem? Clean you up and you're still not much to look at, buddy. So what? what's the deal here with you? You look like just another drunk guy in Vegas. Yeah. You, you look like me in Vegas. Yeah, there you go. So I don't know what Giorgio's fucking problem is, but I don't know. Maybe he's got a taste of the nose candy too, and maybe uh, he's got like debts. You know, uh, the guys are gonna come and put him out in the desert, and he, uh, you know, don't don't look at me, I'm hideous. I don't know. So they're gonna split this hundred thousand dollars fifty fifty. So Duke gets uh, fifty thousand dollars for this job, even though he does uh, more one more guy. Well, he does one more guy. Well, yeah. Whatever. He's a fair man. He's, he's a, a fair, fair man. man. You're still wondering, hey, is this a, a lovable rogue or not at this point? No, I'm just looking at him going, ew. Yeah. Ewey. Yeah. Is he uh is he as ewey as Tommy Wizow? Oh god. They're both ewey. But uh this You have seen Duke... Tommy Wizow's ass. Yeah. But you know, the the Duke guy, he uh he's a little less ewey. Yeah. Less ewey. I think I think Duke Mitchell's a less ewey guy than Tommy Wizow. I'm not sure I, I think I'd rather hang out with Tommy Wizow just because I the odds of me getting offended are much less uh, in terms of the film though, this is a good clean hit. For all of the sort of weirdness and like what is going on here, the in in the in film world, they these two guys pull off a pretty good hit. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. The uh, they uh, Paul finds uh, his guys in a restaurant. Of course, they're Italian. Back back room yeah. dealing. Yeah. He's set up a fake deal mm -hmm. where he's going to give him a check, but instead they're going to have to take a take some hot lead to the bank and try to cash that. <laughs> but they can't because they're, they're dead. dead. <laughs> And he does throw in a free guy. Oh, yeah. He kills his buddy just for the fuck of it. Yeah. The guy like, that gets him into the room is like, not me. Why not? Blows him away. He wouldn't have said anything. He probably would have lived. Yeah. No, he wouldn't have. He needed to get rid of the witnesses. That guy was yeah. going either way. Yeah. Giorgio finds his guys in a hotel room, and he blasts them as well at the same time. Everything works out for those two on their hit. They get paid, I guess. So I think he got it up front. Oh, okay. All right. Fine. Yeah, because he gave the money to yeah. Georgie. Georgio, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's true. So I guess did time go by between this? Because the next thing is he's getting his boys out of prison. Or does the mob, because he did this job, are they doing him another solid? Because like, they're supposed to be in there for another six months after Paul. 
I think that it takes him a month to plan the hit. Then a few months go by. He goes back to his girlfriend's house. The guys get out. So you just forward. Well, either way, they get out. And uh, so he picks him up in the in a Rolls Royce. Nice silver cloud. And uh, one of his girlfriend's cars. Yeah. And they have a podium. Hmm. I don't know what that thing's called. It's called something. Uh, if we, t- I know what it's called, but uh, we, we can't reveal that per se. Yes, because they don't reveal it to us. But they have uh, a wooden piece of furniture. It it bears a striking resemblance to a podium. If you needed to use it as a podium, you could use this thing as a podium. Yeah, yeah. So. Anyways, or a lectern, say. Yeah. So they're carrying around this wooden thing that they put in the car and they toss their clothes. And hey, it's time to go have fun. Uh, the boys are back in town. And they go to a bar. They're going to go get drunk and have a good time. And here we go. Yep. They there's a hooker sitting next to him. You don't know that she's a hooker. And you kind of think that like. They have met this woman, and because they're such awesome guys, charming and, fellows, and, say. and palling around, you know, hey, the boys, the boys are, back. are back in let's, town. Let's yeah. go hang out with them. And they find this this uh, black lady, and so they're picking her up, and she's part of the crew now. And then she's having well, drinks. She's and just stuff. sitting there because it's a you know free country. It's a bar. Yep, yeah, I thought she was with them. I uh, did yeah, too. I I when never thought opened. that. Well, I thought that that was a really even this this time through that I look at that shot and I go this is a really weird shot because it's a shot you never see in movies because it makes you get lost as the viewer they are sitting at a bar and the camera is on the wrong side of the bar mm-hmm. so you don't even realize it's a bar yeah and that's why you never see that shot in movies because you're like well, is this a bar yeah what's going on you have to see the bartender and the the booze back there to understand what's going on but they uh, the camera is on the inside of a bar for this shot and so she's just sitting at the bar well you and Jackie and I completely disagree because we are on a different page thinking that she was with them, that they were partying. She just got looped into the party. But uh, she's either way, she's sitting quite close to these gentlemen. And uh, it's not like she's down at the end of the bar or uh, across the hall or anything like that. She's right fucking there. She's merchandising. They at no point pay her any mind in the shit talking that they proceed with about the, uh, the racism. But it's not even like, it's like, hey, this fucking bitch, like, dude, she's right fucking there. Well, Luke is blowing her kisses. That's the first thing that happens. Okay. Luke blows her kisses mm-hmm. and says, "I mouth is I love you. Well, it turns out she's a hooker. Yeah. So See, I thought she was a hooker, too. Just. Either way, they, uh, the the idea is that these guys have been locked up for a long time, and so they need to get some. So they don't like it because she's black and they're racist. But except uh, Luke, who's he's on board the whole they time. They need a piece of ass, so they're gonna get her. But uh, so instead of going like, okay, your place or mine, let's go up to the hotel room and I'll bang you boys. They take her out dancing. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if they understand how hookers work. That is a pretty, that's the point of the hooker, is you don't have to do any of that stuff. You just give her the cash, and she bangs you. Yep. That's and it. And then they go dancing, and then they all drink too much, and nobody can bang her. I'm not even sure she knows how to she be a hooker. She doesn't know how to do it, because she tries to give a refund, because she doesn't bang anybody. And then Paul's like, no, honey, you keep that. You showed them a good time. They just can't hold their shit together. Now I'm going to call you a bunch of really bad things. Mm-hmm. I'm uh, going to be completely degrading to you, mm-hmm. but I'm still going to nail you. Yeah. 
and I'm going to give you another hot $100 for chicken, for, fried yeah. chicken and watermelon is what he tells her. Yeah, just awful. Like, in the, re- in the reality, Paul has been very good to this hooker. His mouth is not. No. Like, he's given her $400. She's made a good night's work. She's done well that evening. Mm. She's had a pretty nice time. He nails her, but he has just said the most horrible things to her. And it's it's portrayed like he's just being silly. He's yeah. just being silly. He's just charming the pants right off of yeah. her. So, anyways, enough about this hooker. They he he. Yeah, we can talk about her all night. Yeah. So uh, he goes home and he plans this boat trip. He's gonna get a yacht and take the boys sailing down from Mazatlan or to from Newport in Oregon. No, it's Newport in L.A. because the it leaves Los Newport? Angeles. Where the fuck is Newport? It's in it's in uh it's the northern tip of Orange County. Huh. Newport's a really rich town. Okay. Uh, so they leave from Newport and then they go to Mazatlan. Mazatlan, and then they go through the through Panama, Panama, and then stop at an island in the middle of the Atlantic, and then they're to Spain. Mar- no, they're going Morocco, and then up to Italy. Italy, essentially, on a what are we gonna guess this boat as a thirty-five footer? Well, I think it's more like a, it's a houseboat. Sixty. It's a it's a yacht. It's like wow. a sixty-five footer. Sixty-five footer. That's you a have cruiser, to, man. I think you have to be sixty-five feet to be a yacht. I don't think you do. Uh, I did some yacht research recently uh, for my book. Well, you remember, uh, <laughs> of course, my popular Rayburn 88 yacht t-shirt. Yeah. That was an 88-foot yacht. Hey, you know what? It's funny that you mentioned that because that's one of the boats that I researched in my- uh, Was no? the Rayburn? Yeah, the Rayburn. Yeah, it's, a, yeah. it's a fine boat. Yeah. yeah it's a big-ass boat. Big, big boat. But anyways, my dad, the only reason I say a 35-foot is because my dad had a 35-foot and this boat looks eerily similar to a 35-foot. I think it's at least 50 feet. It's a big boat. Okay. It's a big. It's enough- for four guys but uh is it one that four ex-cons that know probably very little about ocean faring uh, were they all in the navy the fucking ocean like that's i mean you have to again it's one of those things where it isn't explicitly stated in the movie you just have to assume two of the three or three of the four of these men were in the navy is it still okay see you got boating experience is this a boat you take across the atlantic ocean that's what i'm I'm saying it's a 65 foot boat i'm thinking it'll make it hmm all right it's a big boat it's one of my biggest problems with this film is Is it's like just go across the ocean they just like it's like taking a charter flight like from la to long beach like not a big fucking deal isn't that the deal with a yacht that you can make it across one of the majors in a yacht you know i don't know if you noticed or not but uh the fucking titanic sunk in the atlantic it's well, not know. a safe trip dude well no it's people not. die on it all the goddamn time i'm sure but uh nutsacks with the... unbuttoned shirts probably should not take this trip okay but they do they do <laughs> and nothing goes wrong they actually one thing goes wrong Paul, or not Paul, Peter, uh, stop, they stop at Mazelon, and Duke is being fucking weird. He's like, walks up to him while he's uh, fishing, and he's like, hey, you want some coffee? Sure. And then Duke Mitchell takes a sip of his coffee and spits it in his face. God damn it. There's you are more... such an asshole. Yeah, this is where the characterization, like, and this is the character he's trying to put across, like, what a what a crazy fun a guy he is. Zany man. Yeah, it's like, that no, you are- not fun. Hot a... coffee in your face is not fun. Spit is icky. Icky. You never want to wear a beverage anyway. Mm-mm. Especially when it's been in another human's mouth. And then he rips off the guy's necklace that his mother gave him mm-hmm. and says, don't fucking worry about it. And it's like, not my a mom yeah. gave me that. I've been wearing it around my neck for 18 fucking years. Mm-hmm. I'm going to worry about it. It falls into the ocean. Slides down like uh, like uh, miniature golf style through holes and around tubes and kaplunk into the ocean. Thanks, Paul. 
you spit coffee in my face, you tried to man kiss me, and then you laid on top of me and tore my necklace off that my mom gave me. You know, fucking, I've seen guys go up against Debo when they get their chain stolen, yeah. man. That's a dick move, Duke Mitchell. So anyways, they make it finally across the ocean. No problem. They stop in Rome. And they're like, hey, Polly, how long are we going to be here in Rome? He's like, well, I think about four weeks. Four weeks? What are we going to do in these four weeks? This is too long. Hey, well, we're going to steal the Pope. The what? what? Uh, I'm sorry, what? Okay, wait, whoa. Huh? You know, I was wondering about that. Uh, I was wondering about that wooden piece of furniture that you brought, but now I'm wondering about you, buddy. Uh, we're here for... Okay, wait, the Pope? The Pope. The yeah, Pope. because if every Catholic in the world gives him a dollar... He didn't even do the math on this first. No. No, then he'll be rich. Because then, was it... Uh... It's P- Peter is mm-hmm. like, that's 850 million. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh shit, we'll only do 50 cents. Hey, we don't need that much. We'll only do 50 yeah. cents. Which then later that math comes out to 126 million. Which so. is not, <laughs> nobody did any math yeah. in this. The Mitchell math is not what they're teaching now in school. So anyways, he's dropped this bomb while they're having spaghetti lunch, of course, you know, because I'm also racist. But uh, they're not in Italy either. We should point this out. There was some footage either commissioned or bought that was shot video or film that was made in Italy. Uh, Then they are just at a restaurant, Uh probably in Palm Springs. Probably. It's got an outdoor patio. So, of course, that's Rome. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's, I like the shots of uh, them churning their heads and looking around in front of postcards. <laughs> yeah, that was yeah, cool. Just picture books. Like, hey, it's me at the Coliseum. See, here it is behind me. It's like they mm. went to a fucking travel agency and shot in front of the posters. It's like Wayne's World's <laughs> Cro- Kodachrome or whatever yeah. that thing is. I, hey, I'm in Delaware. Yep. Except for they're in Rome. Yeah. But uh, so Paul dresses as Guido Sarducci, essentially. He goes in there, he puts on a mustache and like a flat hat. Like he is Italian guy completely, but he's like, walks up to this priest who's, I, who's this priest? Is, is this like the, like the door receptionist? It's like the doorman to the Vatican or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I don't get this, this place that he goes into. This guy doesn't make any sense, right? I'm here to see the Pope. I need to set up a meeting with the Pope. Well, you can't, you can't just do that. Are you kidding me? There's 10 million people asking to see the Pope every day. Well, yeah, but I got this real thing, you know. Uh, I got a rich guy on my boat, and uh, he really wants to see the Pope before he dies, and he's going to give $50,000 cash to whatever charity the Pope wants to give it to. 50000 bucks. He's rich. I know that Duke Mitchell only has fifty thousand bucks on him, but I guess that's the price that you can you can pay fifty G's seems and cheap. get in front of the Pope. It seems cheap. I don't know. Even in nineteen seventy six, if I think you're you already need a there, little like, bit more money, just like bribe well, to see the Pope. I think you need more money. If you want the Pope to come to you, it's going to take more. But if you're already there and he's already there, and you got fifty. You can get in the room with him for 10 minutes. 10 minutes. Okay. All right. All right. Well, and they, that doesn't even get them a private audience. With that just the gets no. some consideration. Yeah. yeah. Like, they still have to sit in the waiting room with all the other schmucks. And the only reason that they get the consideration is that there's supposed to be more on the way. Mm-hmm. He's going to die. He wants to give all his money to the, to the church. Right. He just wants to meet the Pope. Yeah. But uh, so the guy's like, eh, I'll see what I can do. So he takes the cash. And uh, Duke Mitchell and the, the boys, Paul and the boys... They're, I guess they're waiting here, and so they kind of make a little bit of a plan, like, uh, you're going to go around this way. Like, they're drawing on, on a fucking postcard map again. Yeah, like, eh. well, you know, the the essential part of the plan is the character named the old man happens to look exactly like the Pope. Yep. Exactly. Exactly like he is the Pope's doppelganger. Indeed. Mm-hmm. So that's... Part one of the plan. Right. Well, there's there's another part one. Part one is we got to take care of this beat or getting laid problem. 
Oh, yeah. We don't want to go in. uh, We don't want him to go into this situation with a loaded gun. (laughs) We, We need to, you know... Get that. Get take take care of take care of that hard on. <laughs> and this guy looks like Keith Richards from the Rolling Stones. Yeah, he does. Yeah, he, he does. He really does. And the other guy kind of looks like uh, Rain Man Zarek from the Doors. He does. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's why the fucking music was so awesome. Is it's actually Keith Richards and, and Rain Man Zarek. Acting is so bad. <laughs> <laughs> so. Uh, so this is my very much least favorite part of the movie because it's icky. Uh, but uh, they go into this bar, him and Peter, and Peter's like, I need to get some ass, you know. And meanwhile, Paul's trying to work a deal for a Citron Maserati. Which isn't a thing. Which isn't a thing. Yeah, uh, uh, with the bartender. Uh-huh. And the guy's gonna, like, yeah, I can do that for you. He's got the bartender's, you know, doing cars on the side. This guy will get you either a I, Rolls Royce or a Citron Maserati. What are the? I think this is the thing that makes the least sense out of this whole movie is what sort of a deal is Paul trying to work with this bartender? And is the bartender just pull, like leading Paul him on? Oh, yeah, Sister Maserati, just what do you got yeah. on you? I can, you know, just give me some yeah, sure, uh, starter whatever. money and then you'll never want. see me again, right? I'll, I'll get you a one-way ticket to space, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> you just pay up. Fuck, I'll get you, you know, pick up full of gorillas, whatever you want. $50,000 for a meeting with the Pope? I would have done it for 25 bucks and yeah. you never would have met him, but uh, I'll tell you, you know, whatever you want to hear, I would have taken that 25 bucks. You, know, <laughs> you, got, you got $100 worth of seed money, I can get you a Citroen Maserati. <laughs> I'll go out and make it for you. I know it doesn't exist, but don't worry about that thing. But uh, Peter gets too drunk again. He can't. He can't do it. He's got to go up to his room. So the next day, Paul's. Sitting I don't out. think it's the next day. I think they were drinking at a bar at ten o'clock in the morning. Oh, okay, all right. And then Peter's gotten pass out drunk by eleven, <laughs> and then Paul is able to keep his shit together. So he goes to the park drunk during the day. I could see that because he's wearing that same sweet yeah. purple sweater that he was wearing earlier, and that Peter's still in bed. So that's what happened: is they got up in the morning, started drinking. Peter didn't make it to lunch yeah. <laughs> before he was passed out. Yep, yep. Well, Paul finds this woman. A very large woman. Yes. Very large. Like, problem large. Yeah. And, uh... I found the treatment of this scene to be quite possibly more offensive to fat people than the scene with the black woman. It's... But I don't know... Like, if you asked me why is it offensive, I would say because they, um... Well, it's just like the... When he's putting his foot on her, uh pantyhose because he can't get it off because well, she's so all right, big all right. so he, he takes her up to Peter's room and he's gonna like hey this is the one woman for you like you need to bang this one I got you a, a dame you know type situation but and then he, he drags her in he does the thing like he can't fit her through the door oh yeah. I thought he was like forcing no, her no she wants oh, in okay. she just can't get through the door alright so so then he like he takes her clothes off no she takes her clothes off in the bathroom or something no she just takes them off she's like I can yeah. handle this bud and uh he also takes his clothes well, off. Well, he's other than, there's enough to go around. Like they're gonna, they're gonna double team this one. Little wobbly H, yeah, London Bridge, London Bridge. Yeah. So I don't know what that means. The wobbly H or the London Bridge. Either one. Okay. Make an H with your hands and then wobble it, and then think of two dudes and a girl. Ear, 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 ear. Oh, then oh. And the London Bridge is if they touch hands on top. Yeah. Think of two dudes and a girl, and then have them put their hands I up. I believe another popular term is spit roast. Oh. <laughs> oh, my. Yeah, oh, my. Yeah, so. Yes, if uh, if Luke would have been involved, she could have become airtight, yeah, as they say. Yeah, airtight's the other one. Oh, my God. <laughs> I need to get on the Wikipedia a little uh, more it's often. It's not Wikipedia. I don't think it's on Wikipedia. But it is on the internet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very much so. Uh, so, 
Then it's just he tosses her on the bed, wakes up Peter like, got it. She wakes him up by crawling on top of him. And he's like, hello, where have you been all my life? But then it's just shenanigans. It's shenanigans. They say they like they can't get her out of her pantyhose, but then they kind of do. And then they're like, wait, this is screwy. Let's leave. So then she chases him out because she's like, no, you fucking dickholes brought me in here to, you know, to bang. give me the two-on-one. I'm getting the two-on-one. So she rips the doors off the hinges. End scene. I am to assume she makes the sex to them quite a lot. So is it offensive? I think it is. I thought it was, yeah. Just the whole, like, dragging her through. It wasn't as offensive as the watermelon and chicken thing, but, like, the whole, dra- like, pretending like she doesn't fit through the door when she obviously fits through the door and, like, trying to get her... uh pantyhose off with the foot because they're on too tight when they weren't like yeah she's big but she's not that big hmm i just couldn't tell what the fuck was going on in this scene like it's just so piss poor like just yeah but it's like wait what and they're so, slapping her on the ass did do they want to bang her or is it all just a joke or why why aren't they banging her if it's a, not a joke i just head scratcher no, when she pulls the door off, wanting the sex, I'm pretty sure that that's... She pins him down and has her way with him. They they, they lost. Good for her. Yeah. Get some. So... I don't know if she wins by getting to have sex with those two. Yeah, yeah that's kind every of like... every pound she has, they have their own exponential gargoyle factor. <laughs> <laughs> so it's meeting with the Pope time, and they bring him into this, like like a godfather's pizza room basically like it's just a i feel like i've been room. to that restaurant and it's in like fucking uh just somewhere in like east la this does not seem like the pope's meeting room no like there's it, not very much uh i feel like i've been to this restaurant and it's also where he stole that candle from for the end yeah because i yep. remember that re- like a restaurant that had that the sort of archway that had been filled in with bricks after the mm-hmm. fact mm-hmm. and they had those candles there and my grandma used to like it a lot. It's less than impressive. It is less than impressive for, for a room to meet the Pope. The One of the most powerful men on the planet to uh, meet prospective uh, people to come and kiss his Donors ring. or whatever. Yeah. And that is quite the ring. Yeah, well, it's the Pope. He's kind of a big deal. He's going to have a big-ass ring. You got to kiss his ring. It's going to be a big-ass ring. Originally, the working title of the film was Kiss the Ring, ah, if you did not know. Well, I didn't mm. know. Ah. So, there's lots of other people there. Peter meets the Pope. He kisses the ring. Paul, uh, uh, what's the other guy's name? Luke, Luke meets the Pope, and he kisses the ring. And then Paul comes up and kisses the ring. And then he whispers in the Pope's ear. And he's like, look what I get over here. It's a loaded gun, a loaded pistol. That's how you nab the Pope, is you just walk in with a loaded pistol and be like, hey, the Pope, uh, you need to come in this room with me because I'm packing heat, buster. Yeah, if you don't want things to get messy... Come with me. And I then, at this point, I think the Pope uh, waves his little hand, and 18 guys come out with fucking guns, machine guns, not pussy little pistols, Yeah, blow this fucker away, and then everybody else in the room, he says, the Pope just waves his hand, and they're all like, ah, we're blessed. That's when you find out that half the room's security plants. Yes, exactly. All those people that just look like family stand up and blow that fucker away. The man has his own army. Yes, it's an independent not state. As a joke, it's a literal army. He has his own army. Yeah, doesn't uh, doesn't like Switzerland or somebody like provide troops for him too? I mean, there's he's got a lot of he's got manpower like nobody's business. There's sizable countries that have less men who are proficient in killing than the Pope. Well, you are the Pope. You're the fucking Pope. You're the fucking Pope. You don't and if the just Pope nab goes, the Pope. Hey, you need to be in my army, and you're a Catholic. You are not going to say no. 
I I would say no. <laughs> You're not a Catholic. Well, right? I know, but uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of Catholics that are riding the fence about stuff. I mean, oh yeah, I'm Catholic, but uh, you know, I still use uh, condoms and shit. You know, whatever. Blasphemy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. All those mob guys, they're all Italian. I don't I don't think that the Pope has too much power over everybody. Well, they don't use condoms. Yeah, they just punch the woman in the stomach repeatedly afterwards. But that's Duke Mitchell's form of birth control. <laughs> I need I need to go brush my teeth. I got a bad taste in my mouth because of you, yeah, Sam. That's a bad joke. Yeah. So, anyways, he leads the Pope in the back room, and uh, he brings in the old man, who's as Sam mentioned, his character's name is Old Man. Mm-hmm. That's it. It yeah. is in the credits as Pope slash Old Man. They couldn't have taken the time to give him a name. Why not? Uh, why not, who's one of the other uh, Matthew Saint Matthew? Why, why couldn't not? he be Matthew? He's the old man. Four minutes, Duke Mitchell. Actually, I I did in ten seconds. Give the guy a fucking name. Make him one of the apostles as well. Anyways, so they pull the old switcheroo. Hey, take these glasses. Take the Pope switcheroo. The the clothes off there, Pope, and you put them on, and you take this fake mustache, Pope, and these glasses, and basically uh, the shot changes where there's they just spit it the two the side by side. Oh, now the Pope is over here. Yeah, so. Here's a question that mm-hmm. I'm going to burn right now. You're the Pope doppelganger and the Pope. The old man are standing there looking at each other. They realize they look just like each other and they have to undress. Mm-hmm. They look at each other's wieners. Fucking A. Fucking A. You better believe it. <laughs> All right. Do you think the Pope's got a bigger dong? Because he's, you know, God's or representative like, on earth. And, you know, do they, God's... Does he like, is he the penis doppelganger? Like, wow. It even he, hangs to the left the same even way. It hangs to the left. Hmm. Strange. I don't know. I imagine the, the the Pope penis is a little bit more powerful. I don't know if I'm in the room with the Pope and I get a chance to look. I'm totally looking. Does the, uh, do you suppose the Pope wears, uh, I, I'm assuming he wears underoos of some sort, but are they the type of underoos that you like, could put in pants afterwards? I don't know. I feel like the Pope wears boxer shorts and sock suspenders. Our yep. modern Pope, our current Pope, Pope Francis. That, I don't know which name? Pope it is now. Uh, but We've this, been going through Popes like candy. This, this Pope, this Duke That's Mitchell's true. Pope, do you, you see this guy wearing boxers? I think he wears like holy, like uh, like maybe some sort of uh, uh, anointment type thing. It's like a it's like a twelve foot rag that they turn into like a almost wrapped diaper or something that he yeah, wears. I don't know. Day. I don't know. I think he wears boxer shorts and sock suspenders. Okay, All right. I feel like that's like like if you didn't, you already once you're the bishop, you should already be sock suspenders and. Uh, boxer shorts but once you make it to the pope if you haven't got there yet they're like i'm sorry we're taking your bvds <laughs> yep <laughs> no, no you're the takes... pope you're not allowed to wear tidy whities nobody takes my bvds well they and... don't want him to have underwear lines yes exactly and mind you sir these are quite dingy <laughs> <laughs> i believe these are supposed to be white and they are tan <laughs> What do you want from me? I'm busy. Yeah. Very busy man. So anyways, they they take the Pope back to the boat, and uh, they put him in the podium room, and it's a prayer stand, Sam. That's what they're called. The prayer stand, yeah. Prayer stand. You kneel down on the bottom board and put your hands in a little uh, little uh, prayer thing, and you are able pray. to pray. Yeah. That pay seems off. like lazy. Fucking lazy is what that is. Then kneeling you, down on the ground and... No, you, it has a spot for your hands. That's you nice. You don't have okay. to hold your so, hands so up the, there. If the, you're the Pope, you probably pray for like three right, or four yeah, fucking so hours at a time. I'm going to tell you what right now. You guys weren't raised Catholic and I was. 
You sometimes have to kneel for like 45 fucking minutes. And if you're the Pope, I bet you it's five times that long. So like midnight mass is like 15 minutes on your knees with somebody speaking Latin. You don't understand a word of it. And you cannot like you almost fall down when you get up because your knees have fucking had it from the kneeling. And they're even padded. And you can't take it, the the 45 fucking minutes of kneeling. It is unbearable. Mm, It's like, mm. I think it's the reason that half the people give up on the church is the fucking kneeling. It's bad. (laughs) But you got to be penitent. I know. I can be penitent sitting down. I guess you can't. Hey, it could also save your life if you got uh, booby traps coming at you. Being penitent. Oh, yes, man. God damn. That's a real fucking reach. Man, you can... uh, That's like the reach of the year for a joke right there. I chose poorly. (laughs) So anyways, the kidnapping gets announced on the news, and uh, the, you know, hey, the Pope is gone. We got a found a letter, and... They want 50 cents from every Catholic, which I guess 50 cents from every Catholic would I One through. would think that it should be half of 840, mm-hmm. which, is, which is 420. Right. Not 120. Six. Six. Well, you know, some of those Catholics, they're like, well, you know, we can just get a new Pope. Yeah. Just, you know, do the little smoke thing out of the top of St. Peter's Square. And, uh, How much do you think is in the Vatican? Money? I don't. They they keep their own fucking gold, don't they? Money? I think they keep gold, don't they? More than 126 million. Well, how I many billion? I mean, it's like trillion. Yeah. Do they have trillions of dollars there? Uh, probably not. They uh, might. Uh, I think that they have quite a bit of money. Quite, quite a, bit, a of bit of money. Quite a bit of money. I mean, they're running their own damn country. Yeah. Yeah. Like they have more money than most countries. They might not have more money than you know U.S., Canada, China, places like that. But <laughs> China, yeah, because they have lots of money. Well, wow. They got three got billion people. If everybody has a dollar, they got more I, money, right? I gotta edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> not smart. <laughs> <laughs> Doctor, huh? Hello, praise. <laughs> You may, you may take that one while you're at it. <laughs> Jesus. That's the second biggest economy, Jackie. Yeah. Yeah. Number two. They're probably going to overtake us soon. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty. Uh, Brazil pretty, is actually in top not five paying now. attention. Yeah. Mexico is not as bad as you'd think. It's crazy. Anyway. Anyways. So the Pope starts talking to the boys on the boat, like uh, Peter and uh, Luke, and he's kind of making pals. He's making his rounds. He's poping it up, as I like to call it. He's being very popey. Popey. Like, and then nice, gentle, compassionate, understanding. He cares about these men because they are the children of God, yes. whether good or bad. He's the Pope. He's the fucking Pope. We have to go back for a second, though, because the old man is left to be the Pope. And it's like, okay, get on the plane at this time. And you'll, you'll get back to L.A. Uh-huh. I'd hang out. I'd see how long I could pull off being the Pope. I would also, I would milk the shit out of that. Pope. He probably who's still, gonna fucking say, why even leave the note? He probably made it to the plane because on time because he figured after about three hours he's not gonna pass. Like no, I'm I'm not the Pope. Here's the deal: as we discussed, how much money the 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 Vatican has buried in the the walls, and you're the you're the Pope. Say yeah, you have you have quite a considerable amount of control over that money. Yes, you do. And uh, if you are the fake Pope and you're doing yes. fake popery. And you just wouldn't it be easier to swindle the money swindle by fake money? Be like, hey, Duke, uh, I can I can double that 126 yeah. million, and nobody's even gonna fucking well, we'll notice. We'll get to that at the end when I tell you what really happens in this film. Why even kidnap? Just... I, I have an answer for that. Yeah. All right. Okay. okay. So 
I, I like. Long story short, I like the plan of just swapping popes, and you got your boys the pope. Now. Your boys the pope. You got a man on the inside of the Vatican. That's the hardest thing in the world to do. Yeah, exactly. So, anyways, the the pope's wandering around the boat, and he's being just the greatest, nicest, most likable character ever captured on film because he's the pope. He's the pope, and uh, he's teaching them life lessons and and uh, talking about their families and history and like drawing parables and uh, illustrations and like you know I understand where you're coming from. Now, let me tell you a little story about a man I like to call Jesus. And then he like he changes Peter and Luke from criminals into men with reborn hope. men with hope unlike halfway across the Atlantic I Ocean. like the pope like i really like the pope because I, mean, I think he steals your heart when they're like well it's wine what else does the pope drink and he's like the pope likes a little brandy fuck yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah he's i like that part laid back he's chill he's fucking cool yeah the pope's awesome he's he's literally cool yeah it's ridiculous like wait what I, there's a likable character in this film? No, it's like, for all the things that Duke Mitchell doesn't get, he gets the Pope. He gets the fucking Pope. Well, his character doesn't get, get the fucking Pope. No, his pope. character doesn't get the Pope. <laughs> his character is a dickhead to the Pope. Yeah. He... Well, he's really sore about the Holocaust. The The Pope comes up, and Duke Mitchell's on the the back of the boat, and, and the boys and, and the Pope you know, have a plan. They're going to talk Paul out of this kidnapping thing. You know, like, yeah. hey, this is a bad idea, Paul. You know, um, take me back. So he comes up to Duke Mitchell, who's standing on the back of the boat, and he's like, you know, maybe this isn't uh, such a good plan, Paul. You know, God loves you, and I love you, and the boys really care about you, and we all just want you to be safe and happy, and uh, what do you say we turn this boat around? And Duke Mitchell goes on a fucking soapbox. He just gets on a tirade about the papacy not being responsible for what it should be responsible for, and then sidelines really hard towards the Holocaust, like that's the Catholic Church's fucking fault somehow. That doesn't line up to any Anything of the events in history. At all. Yeah, completely. why didn't you stop the Holocaust? Yeah, and it's like, oh, you But really... he says, why didn't you stop the Holocaust? He you, was the probably pope. the Pope then. He had to have been a child. How old is this Pope if he's the guy that can stop the Holocaust? This is nigh... 50 years. Well, no, it's only like, That's like 30, 30 years. 40 years. 45 to 76. Well, this Pope is alive, years. but he's okay, not the Pope. He's, like he's not, not going to be the Pope. Right? He's, he's not going to be not the, pope. the Pope. It's ridiculous. And then he's like saying about like, oh, you know, Mussolini. He, you could have stopped Mussolini. Mussolini had nothing to do with the fucking Holocaust, yeah, Duke I, Mitchell. There's nothing. He's connected dots that are too far apart. Way far apart. Bud. And he did like have a defensible position with the poverty for a second. But when he... Veered into the Holocaust, he was just off the reservation. This is not making sense, Duke Doesn't Mitchell. make any sense, no. Duke Mitchell. Mm-hmm. Well, so the Pope is like, all right, whatever. I'll give you a little bit more time. I mean, I am the Pope. You know, we'll see what happens. So Peter's out at the back fishing one day, and uh, he, the Pope walks up to him, and he's like, you know, St. Peter was a fisherman as well. Uh, maybe you uh, can be a cool guy like him. You know, whatever the Popes do. And uh, Peter asks him what kind of fish the Pope likes. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's I like, like, I like cod, but it's very scarce in these waters. 
Yeah, just the Pope eats cod. That's fucking cool, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's like one of us. Yeah, he's just a cool guy. I bet he uses Charmin toilet paper too, and not that cheap shit. Yeah, no, just real laid back. He likes a, he likes a good deer and a good story, and over his glass of brandy yeah. over next to a fire, just a real laid back. He can. Cool he guy. really. He's interested in helping. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he uh, walks away, and as soon as he walks away, Peter catches a fish, and he's like, "Hey, the Pope! I caught a fish!" And uh, he guts it. Inside is his fucking chain that his mom gave him. Yep. Miracle. Yeah, and Hope it miracle. was a cod. And it was a cod. And, and it was a cod. Yes. That's a that's two miracles in one fucking thing. Double whammy miracle. Three, yep. if you count that Peter caught a fish at all, because he all. doesn't seem like a very smart guy. He doesn't <laughs> look like a good fisherman. That all three is all you need to be sainted. Yeah. He did it in a fucking afternoon. Oh, <laughs> on a the, boat with three nutsacks. This is the best Pope of all time. Yeah, he is. So <laughs> the boys and, and the Pope have a meeting with Paul, and he's going to... Like, <laughs> this is my favorite part of the meeting. So Duke Mitchell comes down, Paul comes down, and he's like, who's fucking driving the boat? I'm like, well, you were driving the boat, and now you are not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he says something religious too, like, "Who's driving the boat? The spawn of Satan?" Huh? Hey. What? Yeah, you, uh, uh, nobody, I guess. So the the boys have found religion. They're convinced on the popeness. They can't. They can't steal the pope. He's too nice. He's too nice. Let's take this pope back, and I'm gonna I'm gonna be one of his boys now. I'm yeah. done with this life that you brought us into, Polly. I'm I'm gonna be a uh, yeah. Try to go for cardinal bishop. I don't know. Oh maybe. hell, just hang out. Hang out. At the yeah, pope. maybe maybe they just. Hang out. They peel potatoes or something. Yeah. Like they're gardeners at the Pope's house. Gardeners. Oh, I would. The Pope's gardener would be fun. I yeah. Guess. yeah, it would be. Yeah. That would be fun. So they're going to leave. They want to take the boat and uh, bail. And Paul fucking loses it. He loses, loses his, his shit. shit. Big time. I He's, killed for you. I killed seven men for seven you. Seven men. Guys, I shot seven men. No, you well, you've shot four. Five, if you count your friend. Four's a lot, Paul. It Four's is a lot, lot, but your buddy got the other three. Yeah, you're uh, stretching the truth a little and bit. And whoever you killed before doesn't count because it wasn't for these guys. Yeah, right. So he, he says 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 something like, uh, "If if you hurt one hair on these guys' heads, I'll kill a hundred priests per a guy per, per guy. guy. Now get out of here and God bless you. God bless you. The fuck. That was such a weird speech. And then they yeah. have a group hug with the Pope. With the Pope. Hmm. All right, bring it in. Yep. And then you I see vented. Them. I'm good. Bring it in. Yeah. Yep. And then you see him driving away on the spare boat. Oh, he gives us the Pope his sweet jacket too. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, with the naked lady on the back. That jacket, that jacket was something else. American Eagle on like, the side you, of it. Here you go, the Pope. Here's the jacket. Oh, it's thank, badass. Thank you. I do. I like it. Uh, I like this jacket. It uh, makes me want to jump a uh, Trans Am over a moving train, you know, because the Pope can do that. Yeah, well, so. There's no law against after, jumping a fucking Trans Am over a train if you're the Pope. I think after this uh, little, little, ep- this little uh, escapade the Pope has, mm-hmm. you know, he goes home and later years he'll wear that jacket when he watches the Father Dowling Mysteries. Oh, oh yeah. And then when they come in, like, are you all right? Then it's like, hey, the, the Pope likes a little excitement. I like a little bit more brandy, too. A little bit more brandy, a little excitement, Father Dowling. <laughs> <laughs> so they bail. Paul stays on the yacht, and uh, he sails back to Newport. Again, no problems. No problems. He's going solo this time. Yeah. And his wife tells him that uh, they... Or not his wife. Girlfriend yeah, thing. Girlfriend thing. He tells him that they killed... Uh, they, in quotes, killed <laughs> Giorgio... The guy from the hit earlier. Mm-hmm. So they go and visit his grave, and it's pretty stupid looking. And, and then Duke just throws a flower on it, like, uh, fuck you. you. I miss you. 
But he just tosses that rose kind of disrespectfully. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. So it's Christmas time, and uh, on the news, the Pope has been returned, and Peter and Luke have been given sainthood. Wow. Yeah. I don't know. No. Because they're heroes. They brought the Pope back. I think they're just calling him that. No, they say St. Peter and St. Luke. By the reporter. Mm -hmm. Maybe he's just embellishing. That reporter is freelancing. He's embroidering. They're not really saints. They're Mm. just good. It seems like they're going to live with the Pope. Well, they are, but you don't have to be a saint to live with the fucking Pope. I don't know, man. You have to perform three miracles after you die in order to become a saint. Yeah. The ransom has been distributed to the children of the world. The, the crippled children of the world. $126 million. To crippled children crippled around children. the world. Mm-hmm. Regardless of sex, race, or creed. Yes. Well, he is the Pope. Just as long as they have some physical disability, I guess. Yep. Yeah. And they don't even have to be Catholic to receive monies. So, inherently, Duke Mitchell has uh, done a real good deed yeah. for the world. But it's actually the Pope that did it, so fuck you, Duke Mitchell. Paul visits the horse track, and he's there. He's got a Billy Jack hat on. I fucking love it. Yeah. Goes to the track. Looks like he doesn't win. There is zero exposition about this. Zero. There's one of the guys. I, I It took me two times, but there's one of the guys from the beginning of the film there at the horse track, and he whacks him. He shoots him in the back of the head as the ponies run by. Yeah. So, yeah, they're, they. it's payback because at the beginning of the film, they're going to whack Giorgio and... Paul, after the hit, they clean up their mess. They thought that he was going to get locked up and be out of their hair, but they're going to whack him. He, and they couldn't because he's on a boat. He's on a boat. Pulling the Pope. So they whack Giorgio, and he's like, well, fuck you. I'm going to get to you guys before you get to me. Yeah. Makes it back, and he's like, ah, good thing I went on that Pope grab. It's, it is shitty, though, because it's just, uh, hey, the Pope's back in town. Then he's at the horse track, and he shoots a guy in the back of the head. Yeah. That is it. Yeah, but he has that lighter that looks like a gun, so that's how he's covering himself. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't shoot that guy. Yeah. This is just a lighter. Just a lighter. Just a lighter. And my badass Billy Jack hat. Mm-hmm. If it's just another guy at his house, and he's in there getting on with a lady, they're not doing it properly. He's no. got his underoos on, and their no. crotches are very far, far apart, apart from each other. <laughs> with lots of kissing and groping. That was probably one of those where there's only so much film, and that guy has a heart on, and she doesn't like it. It's like... <laughs> Fine, just lay there and do whatever. I, have, I uh, only have three feet of color. I've heard a couple here. tales about this. I, I recently did a little bit of research about uh, if people get boners while they're filming sex scenes. And for the most part, actors do not because there's lots. It's, it's not a comfortable. It's, it's not, not a comfortable, comfortable situation either. You got cameras, lights. It's hot there. You don't know the person. It's not sexy at all. But uh, I've heard tale of some boners happening. And usually the uh, the actress, you know, they're, they're trying to be professional. And, you know... Sometimes it can't be helped. Uh, you know, I, I will uh, watch football and uh, eat popcorn and get boners sometimes. Huh. I mean, they just they happen, you know. So who's to say? But I did hear tale of one very well-known actor. I'm guessing Val Kilmer. Uh, he, uh, he's an ejaculator. <laughs> Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, I have no evidence of who it is, but I had heard tale that one of the uh, more popular men, uh, when they have sex scenes, uh, you know, goose his pants a little. So maybe this guy gooed his pants, and she so she's no just trying to keep the goo off of her. Yeah. I don't know. Either way, that bed's screwed up. <laughs> Gotta yeah. wash those sheets. Well, he so, gets iced. Yeah, he gets iced. He gets shot in the face twice. Yeah, making sure. Yeah. Shoots him through the eye, but then he plugs him through the mouth just to make sure he's dead. And he goes in and finds the lady. She's hidden in the closet, and he can't see her, so she comes sneaking back out after she thinks he's left, but uh, I guess he gets her. I think he kills her. Yeah. Yep. Why does he kill her? Uh, witnesses thing. Witnesses. Well, she never sees his face. Though. I know. He's 
hung around too long. You're like, wow, shit. I should have just left. Should've now been. I have to kill you. Yeah. He was probably headed to the fridge. Then didn't Paul and the girlfriend go on a skiing vacation? So they go on this deal out of town that will coincide with this dance party in a barn oh, later yeah, that yeah, yeah. night so we can get the third guy at the barn yeah, square yeah. dance yeah, business. Yeah, he, he, he beats the shit out of that guy at the the this square dance, basically. Yeah. He takes him into the back room and whacks him with the phone, and then it's all in slow motion. <laughs> this not was a, a weird good, scene. Not a good fight scene. Oh, it's one of my favorite because it's just so shitty. Weird. Yeah. He, then he stabs him in the stomach. With a, like a, like... It's a dagger. Or... Like a Raphael's side blade. It's just a long dagger. It's weird. Like, yeah, where'd a, you get that? Interesting instrument of death. So Paul's back at home and he's with the wife. It's still Christmas time. And it's now Christmas, I think. I thought it was Christmas before. Christmas was on the way. Hmm. Yeah, and know. this is Christmas Eve. Christmas Eve, because he's got a. This is when he lights the candle. Yeah, but they, right. they're talking about fire. Like, oh, what a great fire. What do you think about the fire? Well,. Um, fire is good, but it can be bad. It can burn th- buildings and people and, um... The forest. The forest. But I... it can be good, too, because it can keep you warm. The fuck did you just say, lady? Yeah. Are you stupid? Yep. So this is what he has to put up with to live in that house. Oh, my God. I would I would have just stayed in Rome, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> this is not one you come back to, Paul. Uh... So, whether good or bad, Paul's going to light a big candle. The biggest anyone's ever seen. And uh, he's like, and it's not. It's just one of the, it's a it's a restaurant candle. Yeah. yeah, and we should say that the Pope has asked him to light a candle at, at Christmas. Yeah, yeah, for him. You wait here because I might never come back. So he goes to a church, goes inside, lights his restaurant candle. Well, he snuffs out other people's candles yeah. first, dick like a dick. Works. Fucking Paul, he's, he's a dick. And then stuff happens? Question mark. I am going to say nothing more about what happens because I have no fucking clue what happens here. Well, the statues light up. Uh Uh-huh. And the candles all blow out and then reignite. And there's horror stings. And... Um... The eyes on the, the statues. Now, I know yeah. you have Turn a theory about this entire film, but I want to I want to give Jackie a shot at it first, because I, I it clearly, I will admit, I have no fucking idea what the, happens at the end of this film. None. Okay. Jackie, you got to you gotta guess what happens here. Um, well, God shows himself to Duke. Okay. All right. By making statues' eyes glow and blowing out candles. Yep. Yeah. So he makes his lighting them back up. Yeah. Okay. And that he is real, and that the Catholic Church is the one true church, and it freaks him out because he tried to snatch the Pope. Okay. And so he runs for it because he it freaks him out because God's like, "Get the hell out of my house, piece of shit." <gasps> I don't know about that. Okay. So God's saying, uh, "Uh, you beat it, Buster. You're not welcome." So does Duke? Does Paul just go home? Like, fuck this shit. I'm out and goes home. What? What? What happens with Paul, Jackie? I think he runs the hell out of there. Yeah. But not before he. I don't know, knocks over somebody else's candle and burns down the fucking church because that's the kind of guy he is. Okay, all right. And then he just goes back and he's like, yep, I did it. Life goes on. Life goes on. Obladi oblada. All right, uh, Sam, it's your turn. Okay. What's this big grandiose idea you got in your head? Well, so what happens? The The Pope snatches always the plan from the beginning. Yeah, okay, right. Yeah, they bring the podium out of the well, uh, and it, the out Pope, of the out of the prison essentially. They got the podium essentially the whole time. The everything goes according to Paul's plan up until the point at the end of the church. Okay, 
So what happens is, is he's in prison with the guy who looks exactly like the Pope. Was when he starts planning all. They're this. bros. They've been bros for for, for life. however long they've been. In, they, Paul's been in prison. No, and- it's it's longer than that. The 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 mob guys at the beginning talk about thirty years that these guys have been palling around. These okay. four guys. So he looks incredibly like the Pope. Very much so. In fact, it's the same actor. That's when this Pope deal starts rolling. Is in prison. Now he knows that he himself cannot. Remove the bitterness from his friends. <laughs> They're so Only bitter. the Pope can. He never intends to ransom the Pope. Oh. He wants to give his friends to the Pope because the Pope is the only person that can really give them hope back for the world. He himself is too evil, and he feels that he is the yin to the Pope's yang. That's why he yells at the Pope. Hmm. Okay. Now, so he's going to have the Pope exercise their nasty thoughts. Well, he's like... You know, he, he goes on the tirade at the bottom just because he likes to be a drama queen. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, he's giving his friends to the Pope because they're they're better off with him. This was his plan the whole time because he already has a honey of a deal with this blonde lady. Mm-hmm. He's going to be okay. Yeah, I have some questions about that as well, but go Now, continue. the offer for the whack on these casino guys is just an opportunity. Like, well, this is how I'm going to pay for the Pope deal. I got to take this so that I can pay for the Pope deal. So all of his, you know, he accomplishes all of his goals by giving his friends to the Pope and also getting the Pope to, you know, do something about those kids. Mm -hmm. Sure, he doesn't, you know, the Holocaust thing, and nobody can undo that, and he's still really sore about it, but what is the Pope really going to do there? Uh, Now, at the end of the movie, the Pope, who, you know, he's the Pope, he knows what's going on with Paul. He knows the score. He knows the score. He knows that, you know, Paul did all this so he could take his friends, and and that Paul thinks he's beyond redemption. You know, the Pope, uh, he's in the know because he's got a cell phone line straight to God. He does. And he's, uh, you know, he's like, you know, Paul, you're not above redemption. I think he says something to that effect in the movie. And uh, when he says light a candle on Christmas Eve, he's essentially given him some time to uh, tie up any loose ends. Which he does by killing all those guys. Sure. But then he lights the candle and he brings it to the church and he's been saved. That's the signal. And that's when he's smiling when he's running out because he's, he's like smiling. He's smiling when I he don't runs think out. He's smiling. He does. He goes like he's like he is like when he sees the lights. He's very jovial when all of the laser show is happening with Jesus. And he's like, <laughs> I thought he looked like he was terrified. No, he's he looks, like he looks terrified, Sam. He, I think he looks quite jovial, and we, what he's <laughs> jovial like Santa. Like no, Santa. he doesn't look like Santa. But it's not like I'm terrified. He's like, oh my god, it's real, <laughs> the Jesus, and he sprints out of there to go tell the blonde lady that it's real. And he runs through the front door, and she's like, why are you sprinting? And he's like, well, one, I was already wearing this jogging suit, uh-huh. and I had to, I mean, went in Rome, huh? <laughs> uh, and two, the Jesus is real. He just put on a Pink Floyd show down at the church. <laughs> you should have seen it. That's the one of the stupidest things I've ever That's heard exactly in my life. That's exactly what happened. We're all now dumber no, no, no. it. May the, God have mercy on your soul. The end of Not the movie. at all. <laughs> the end of the movie is the redemption of the character. And I'm also taking external information into this because in Massacre Mafia style, he does the exact opposite thing. The character is more likable, but it, um, that, you know, it's a, it made it theaters basically because, you know, you can't do all these bad things and not pay for them. Mm-hmm. And this is him trying to, to have the character of, I, there, there is redemption in this character. I think God comes down and says, hey, buddy, I'm here. 
you know, statues and stuff. Yeah. And uh, Duke Mitchell says, I reject you. I'm out. I'm going back to killing. No, he's run back to say it's real. Yeah. They probably go for ice cream. I think, you know, here's the deal. I think that we could all figure out. God's probably got bigger things going on than uh, coming down and saying hi to Duke Mitchell. Like, I know he's omnipotent and stuff, but. eh. Well, I think that's one of the problems. Like, there's sort of the. uh, the ego of the filmmaker makes it into the character. Oh boy, you think? Because it's like the character feels that he's as big as the Pope. Like he's at, at times you feel like Paul is trying to be mm. the yin to the Pope's yang, sort of a deal. Okay, let's uh, get to the biggest question or the second biggest question because I think that you've elaborated on the biggest. I don't agree with you, but uh, what happens to the fake Pope? Okay, that's in here too. So he realizes after about three hours he's not going to be able to pull the deal. Okay. So he just gets on the plane and goes home. Oh he was shit! Never- I don't know Latin. Yeah, he he was never really all that bitter to begin with. Like, no, you can tell. That, now, I would say jovial is a word that I would use to describe yeah. the old man. He just wants to do some reading, so he uh, helps Paul out with this score for uh, the sake of Luke and Peter, but then he gets back on the plane, heads back to L.A., and he's just sort of reading mystery novels mm. and just hanging out, enjoying his twilight years. Ironically, also watching Father Dowling. Father Dowling mysteries, which will happen. Brandy. In, well, they won't happen until the mid-80s, but. Well, we'll stop. Yeah. Jackie, you got a theory about the fake Pope? I think that he got busted because somebody was like asking him a question about the Bible and he was like, fuck, I've never read that book. Uh... Yeah, he kind of gave him this blank look and said, I'll be right back. I have to go to the bathroom. And then he boogied on out of there and went and got on the plane and went home. uh, Somebody comes up to him and kisses his ring. Sir, why is it that that God has cursed my poor mother with Alzheimer's and she can't remember who I even am? Can you tell me why God would do such a thing? And he looks down and says... Because ninjas? Because ninjas. <laughs> he just looks That's at That's not the Pope! He's like, lady shit's tough all over. <laughs> so, okay. Who's next? How long do you think Paul was in prison? Because it's like he has all these deals set up. Like, uh-huh. he can't have been in there that long. No. To have this girlfriend and all this other uh-huh. shit. And do you do, like, five years for icing people? Or I just don't get, like, what did he... There is no... I, you have no idea what's going on with any of that. None. None at all. It seems like I... The the number six months comes into my mind when you ask me that. Yeah, six months. Yeah, doesn't seem like much. <laughs> he got arrested for cocaine. Like he's, mm-hmm. the sa- like, he's the saint of prison and he's only been there for six months. Yeah, he's the Pope of prison. He is the Pope of prison. That's what I'm saying with this whole yin to the Pope's yang thing. Like, he accomplishes... His character experiences the journey that he was set out to... Like, he... He got the Pope to give the money to the kids. He got the guy's hope back. The old man got to go on a boat ride. And ultimately, he didn't have too much excitement because he just goes back to L.A. to his novels. Man, if you're correct about this, and I don't think you are, but if you are, that's one hell of a narrative written on napkins and then very poorly executed. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) Did the boys never ask, hey, what's with that fucking prayer stand? Like, why are we dragging this prayer stand around? You don't worry about that. Yeah, don't, don't worry about that? No, what's the deal with the prayer stand? Seriously, because we keep dragging around. We, it's in the car with us? There's not room for a fucking prayer stand in here, Paul? Yeah, I don't. But, you know, they were really good about uh, showing you the prayer stand, though, in several scenes. So they, that you they knew put it in the that they car, had it. Pack it into the boat, set it up in a room. Yeah. And it's like during Benny Hill scenes. So, so here's up, my question. Shit. Yep, go ahead. Do you think that they gave the Pope, like, the nicest room on the boat? Yeah. Or do you think that Duke had the nicest room and he's like, screw that guy? Hmm. I think the Pope got the nicest room. I don't uh, think uh, Paul even has a room. I think he sleeps up top. He just wanders around the boat. I don't think Paul sleeps. No, it's it's too much cocaine. He's a robot. Yeah. Yeah. Those fingernails were creepy. Who is John? 
John. If you IMDb this film and then look at the cast list, Paul, Duke Mitchell is first, then the Pope, then or Pope slash old man, then Peter, then Luke, then the lady, and then John. And then down the road, there's another John, which I'm assuming is just the character's name of one of the uh, mafia, guys. mafia guys. But before Giorgio, John. John. John has to be the first. Oh, is he the crackhead that's in the prison and he's like, you're going to stay off the shit, right? I think that John no, has you don't to... get to be fifth down the line if you're a crackhead in prison at the beginning of the film. John in this film, in order of importance, is higher than Giorgio. I think John has to be the connection to the mob that hires him. He's in it for like 10 seconds. He's in the beginning and the end of the movie, though. I don't know. You, uh, here's my deal. Paul, Peter, Luke. John. John. There is no Matthew, which again, like just name the old man Matthew. Is the old man John? No, because he's it's the old Pope man. Slash old man. Yeah. Who the fuck is John? He's got to have more importance than what you're saying because he's one of the apostles. Well, he's not in the movie. He's. I don't think he's in the movie. I think I they think... just put the credit in there. I think Duke Mitchell shot the credits, ran the credits, and that's the original credits. Well, no, scenes. they wouldn't. The, and then they, there they is just no... edited it out. Yeah, I don't know that they that left John on the cutting room floor. Because mm. this thing was three hours long. Yeah. It should be noted that the movie, because it's got enough story for two movies, was a sprawling three-hour work print that they had to whittle down to two. Yeah. Mm. Actually, an hour and a half. It's 90 minutes. 90 minutes? Yeah. So, yeah, that's a, hmm, John, eh? And I'm going to burn one more because we're on the same line. Can we draw parables at all to uh, Paul, Luke, and Peter? To the actual apostles, John, or Paul, Luke, and Peter? Well, the fisherman thing was about it. Yeah, there's that. Paul, uh, from memory, uh, I think he was Jesus' bestie. Yeah. They were, they were pretty tight. Yeah. Uh, told him secrets and things like that. And uh, John the Baptist, who's not in this, I know that he was the guy that really hated the uh, Roman empire got exiled to well nobody places. really liked them yeah but uh peter was the one that uh sold out or that uh no, judas. That, that was no, judas no, no that's not that's not the same sellout there's two sellouts peter's the one that denies christ like do you know this man and he says i don't three times or i don't and then a, a crow craw, cry cries three times to signify that when you will betray me or you will deny me does peter deny the pope is the pope if they're apostles, is the Pope Jesus? No. So why even name the apostles? I'm not sure. Because it looked nice. It, it was... just sounds cool? Yeah. Like, yeah, this is kind of religion-y. Kind of religion-y. Yep. Mm. I'm not sure. I think I like my theory that the Pope is Jesus. Hmm. And uh, Peter uh, uh, denies him by uh, kidnapping him in the first place. No, my theory sucks. No, Peter's the, the guy that... Fisher the, guy. The zero brains guy. Yeah. Paul's the brains. Paul's the brains and the muscle and, and uh, the looks. I guess. Mm. He's got it all. <laughs> hey. Who else? I got one more. I, I, didn't, I didn't. I only had answers this time around. Jackie? I'm good. If Paul is in prison and he gets out and he does his score for $50,000 and then blows that $50,000 on this Pope deal, where the fuck is the money? What money? He's got this sweet place He's, with the blonde lady. The blonde lady tells him that he can have everything. Don't worry about anything. That's her money? It's her money. The cars are hers? Yeah, that's why he pulls the... boat's the, hers? He pulls the the hit just so he doesn't have to spend 50 Gs of her cash. On this on the Pope, Pope business. Deal. Yeah. Huh. She's very considerate. What's she do? She just waits for him to get back. No, she no, I mean, like, cash-wise. is loaded from her husband. Previous husband. Yep. All Invented closed-circuit television uh -huh. for security purposes. She's got more money than anybody except the Pope. Aha. Uh -huh. It is quite clear now, then. Yeah, that's, so why, that's just... why Paul sets up this whole deal is because he's set, but his friends aren't. He can't bring them in on the blonde lady, nor does he want to 
bring himself out of the blonde lady, frankly. Yeah. So, I don't know. He seems like he'd bring his friends in on the blonde lady. Uh, you know, wobbly H again. And, well, I mean, you can't so, wobbly H for that's a, a long That's period. airtight with a little DP. He's more concerned with the uh, lifestyle. You're not and, gay unless your balls touch. Oh, our balls are clearly touching because they're both up this lady's butt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Final thoughts on... Duke Mitchell's Gone with the Pope. Jackie, what are you going to tell people when they say, hey, you suck Gone with the Pope. What did you think? I thought it was crazy, crazy fun. Crazy I, fun. Crazy I, fun. I liked, I liked the fat lady scene. I, I thought it was extremely offensive with the fat lady and the black lady. But, you know, overall, it was just kind of a fun trip. You 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 just kind of liked it. Mm-hmm. It was it was an adventure. It moved okay. I liked it. I'm, I'm going to say do. Okay. Sammy? Oh, absolutely do. That's as far as you're going to elaborate? You don't have anything to add? Other than exactly what happened in the movie, no. Yeah, okay. Well, I've gone with the Pope. I I don't want to tell people, like, I say, yeah, you should watch that. I don't tell them anything, hoping they haven't seen the trailer, they don't read it. Because if you watched this thing clean, not knowing there was going to be a Pope, boy, would that be a, wouldn't that be a surprise, huh? With the the Pope? Because they kind of really, like, it's unfortunate that when I saw it, I already knew that it was going to be a Pope heist, heist. right? And that it was going to be crazy. We we say a Pope heist, like, that's a genre of film. film, yeah. Pope heisting. Uh, (laughs) We're comfortable and used to the idea of Pope heisting when you could just say like here watch this movie and not tell anybody about it it would be classic because they're like there was because you get to the restaurant and they'd be like okay we're gonna snatch the Pope and the characters don't know that and then the person that you're watching on the couch would be like okay what the what? Wait, no. What? They're gonna they're gonna steal the Pope? No, That's... I I totally agree with that. Because if I would not have known that they were gonna steal the Pope up to this point, the movie's been kind of crazy and fun. It just seems like a, a mobby kind of movie. Yeah. yeah. And then all of a sudden, it's like what? They're... The what? Yeah. The... Like, and the way that he that tells pope? them at the restaurant is just like really nonchalant. Like, hey, tonight we're gonna go disco clubbing slash steal a Pope. Just so you know. Yeah. No, I I freaking love this movie. Mm-hmm. This is one of my favorite bad movies. It instantly is like i had to watch this movie again because it's totally year in review material it may even be hall of fame material i like the fact that i'm uncomfortable with the offensiveness still it's not silly like oh hey look at these stupid 1970 guys they just don't get it it makes me uncomfortable every time that scene comes up with the uh the hooker and i like that I, i i don't like that it's offensive i like that it's authentic. Anyway. It's authentic, and we shouldn't forget our history lest we repeat it again type thing. Um, it, it's so bad in every way that it's, at the same time, charming. The fucking music is incredible, and music the emotions incredible. that this movie takes you through in its shittiness. Like, this is the room, but you go for a ride as a viewer. You go on this trip with these guys on this boat and and these adventures and you feel things yeah. and there's emotions happening to the viewer along with you uh, along with Duke and his crew as opposed to just like oh, this is stupid yeah it's like there's a level of wow the pope behind it is really the guy who does the pope is great and the Pope is one of the most likable characters, characters ever to grace film. Yeah. No, I love this movie. It's a must do. It's so. also, there's very few movies that are just an absolute train wreck mm-hmm. that end up being this. And I, I think it helps that you have a, a highly skilled editor mm-hmm. took 15 fucking years to get this thing to make as much sense as the it does. The editing is fantastic. Uh, but that really nothing that has been this much of a disaster is this much fun. It, it, yeah, it's 
it speaks to the skill of of uh, the guy because Morowski because uh, the story is so bad and the acting is so bad, but the editing makes it seem like as good as anything, like as good as most of Oscar Academy Award winning movies are edited. The ones that win Best Picture, yeah. this, the editing could well, uh, fit into any of those films. Funny enough, he worked on The Hurt Locker. Yeah, there yeah. you go. There you go. No, that guy is a, that guy is an expert at editing. I applaud him. He made this movie into like, wait, I almost sense quality behind this, but yeah. then somebody opens their mouth and you're like, nope. <laughs> So, Sam, your pick is up next. You got any uh, clues? You tapped in on anything? I haven't decided. If I can get a hold of uh, Deadbeat at Dawn, it will be that. If I can't, it will be something else. All right. If any of our listeners have a... Uh, actually, that won't work. because If Carl has a copy of Deadbeat at Dawn, it'll be Deadbeat at Dawn featuring Carl. All right. Excellent. Yeah. Well, we look forward to that. In the meantime, get to the chopper. Visit us at www.stinkermadness.com. Follow Stinker Madness on Twitter at Stinker Madness. Please rate and review us on iTunes and Stitcher. Thank you for listening and get to the chopper.